Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create real presence and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Molly Benjamin was not very good with money. In fact, over a glass of Prosecco with her gal pals, she realized they were all a bit hashtag clueless when it came to their personal finances. As an experiment, Molly put on an info night in her living room. No big deal, just a few gal pals, some champagne and a money expert with real-world insights. Things have really taken off from there. And Ladies Finance Club was born in London in 2018 and launched in Australia in August 2019. Since then, Ladies Finance Club has had over 35,000 women attend events, masterclasses, webinars or workshops and has partnered and run corporate workshops with the likes of Google, Pinterest, Deloitte, Audible, and more. Molly's mission is simple, to help make women rich so they have full control and freedom over their lives. Her book, Girls Just Wanna Have Funds, was released on the 31st of Jan this year. I am beyond pumped to have Molly on the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast today. Let's dive on in. All right, Molly Benjamin, welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I am so excited for this conversation today. How are you? Yes, very well. Excited to be here as well. And now all I can think about is cake and I really want some. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And you will be gobsmacked when I tell you that I actually don't even like cake that much. I know. I know. I love cake. I'm not a huge dessert person, but where I where I do go very wrong is cheese. You can just like mm. throw a wheel of cheese in front of me. Even <laughs> when my husband and I got um, married, we had a cake, but made out of wheels. Oh, yeah, yeah, the cheesecake, not yeah. actual sweets. <laughs> yeah, love it. Well, look, we are here today to talk about Ladies Finance Club, but also to really, I'm so keen to pick your brain about what you see as being just some of the things that get in the way from women feeling like they want to or know where to start around getting to know their finances quite intimately. Yeah. And I know you're going to give us some gold nuggets as well around where we can start or what we can do. And all things that sort of are in that space. But before we get into any of that, tell me about the journey to starting Ladies Finance Club. Like where did it, where did the idea come from from you and and what is it about it that you're so passionate? Yeah. So I kind of started my finance journey. I was I, I started working in a bank and that was like my first grad job after school. And I would get this paycheck and I would spend every single cent of it. Did not save anything for years and years. And then I um decided I wanted to move to London. I got a goal, saved some money. And then I moved to the UK and got another job in finance. And the same thing happened. Spend, 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 nothing to show for it. And I thought this was quite normal. Um, and then all my girlfriends were kind of in the same boat as well. We're like, we're broke, we're broke. Oh, we're so broke this weekend. Lol, YOLO, isn't that normal? And it was kind of like I was having a conversation with a guy mate and he was like, oh, um, yeah, I'm about to buy 
my second property. And I was like, hold on. I've kind of been working similar jobs in similar industries. How is he buying his second investment property? And I don't have a cent to my name. Um, and so I was like, ladies, we need to do something about this. Um, and one of my girlfriends was like, let's do a book club. And I was like, uh-uh, let's do a money club. So um, my girlfriends came over to my um, London living room. I ordered some pizzas. Someone bought wine. We got a friend who worked in finance to come and talk to us about um, money. And kind of what happened there was, and I'm going to give you the, summar the summarized version, um, it was so interesting. We were so hungry to learn about this thing that we hadn't really been given permission to talk about, that we didn't really know anything about. Um, we we're really good at spending it, <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it was such a, it's such a huge part of our lives. So, um, we kind of outgrew my living room. Girlfriends would be like, hey, you're doing that money thing. I really need to learn about money. Oh my God, I know nothing about money. I'm so bad with money. I just kept hearing it and hearing it. So, um, and I was working in a bank and I have conversations with women I worked at the bank with and they'd be like, oh, I'm so bad with money. And I remember quite clearly this one conversation I had with a friend and she got a bonus and she was like, I'm going to go buy a handbag. And I was like, surely there's something better you can do with that. Have you got property? Do you have shares? She's like, nah. And I was like, and I said that in my head. I didn't say like, surely you could do something better with that. It's a bit judgy. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. But you don't have property and shares? She's like, no, but I really want this bag. And I was like, right, this is crazy. And then the more I researched, I found, you know, we live longer, we earn less, um, we retire with a lot less, which means ultimately we have a lot less control over our lives. Um, cause if you're not controlling your money, you're not controlling your life. And so I ran my first event in London. It sold out and kind of fast forward. I'm fast forwarding quite a few years now, about five, four or five years. No, we have a podcast. We've had about 35,000 women through our programs, probably more now. We do courses. Um, we do a heap of corporate workshops. We partner with investment companies, but we're all about helping women get rich and make the most with their money and take that control back. Um, so that was the high level version, but we do, we work with the best experts in the business to do that because I, I know, I know some stuff, but I never consider myself the expert. I love to partner with the experts and then help them to break it down um, into what I call like everyday people terms, because sometimes they just don't speak our language. They like to yes. be that, the middle man, woman, absolutely. Middle woman. The middle woman. I love that. And I love, I love particularly what you're saying as well around just putting it in human terms because I, I I have definitely found one of my biggest, I think, barriers previously to really getting a good understanding of my own financial situation is when people kind of make you feel stupid for asking, you know, what you think is like not an obvious answer or they only talk in lingo and jargon and all these things. And so then you just kind of go, oh, maybe this isn't like the right space for me to be in then. Literally, we did a... um. Uh a session with a big investment company a little while ago and we're talking about exchange traded funds etfs and they're like it is this vehicle which has a wrapper around it and within it are securities and you can and i was like okay so let's call that like a box of favorite chocolates and you've got lots of different companies but it comes in the one package and they're like yeah and now i see everyone use that analogy because i did a big thing on it but like it's like let's just break it down into like simple terms because the language you use is blocking us from taking action. Yeah, 100%. And it's I think it's quite alienating for people. Yeah. And then, you know, they might have one exposure to some, an experience like that. And then that can almost be the thing that just sees them go, yeah, no, not going not to invest part of the 100%. Pun. I'll go and spend my money on a handbag or whatever yeah. it might be instead. Yeah. 
Or even when they go speak to finance people and they go with their partner and all the person does is just speak to the partner the whole time and doesn't even include the female. Like these are just stories I hear time Mm -hmm. after time. So we're all about making it fun, making it social. I'm one of three girls. I love my girlfriends. I hate doing stuff by myself. So I'm like, let's make this fun. Let's bring everyone together in a club and the world can be very male, pale, stale and blue. Let's just like bring a bit more like energy and funness to this. Yes, absolutely. And what do you see, um, you know, like you're speaking to so many different women out there with different backgrounds and challenges and yeah. struggles. Like what do you see as being kind of the biggest, I don't know, the biggest challenges they're facing at the moment or the biggest barriers um, yeah. that are kind of getting in their way of taking control of their finances? Look, there's a heap and there's like there's barriers from like earning less to confidence. But I think a lot of it comes down to understanding mindset and why they think and feel the way they do about money. And it's in my book, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. That's the first chapter because I'm like, this is the most important part. Like, why do you behave that way with money? What's caused that? And a lot of the time we um, have created our minding mindset by the time we're seven years old and it's heavily influenced with how our parents behaved and acted with money. So, if we saw, you know, our parents fight with money, argue with money, um, if we got robbed when we were young and, you know, we have this thing around, well, why why save it? It's you, you're just going to lose it. So, there's um, all, we, we're self-sabotaging. I speak to women and they're like, well, wealthy people are really evil and they're really bad. Um, and I'm like, well, if you think wealthy people are evil and bad or snobby or ugly, like it's, it's so interesting the, ter- the terms that people use, you're not going to want to be that. So, what are you going to do yeah. when you get money? You're going to get rid of it really quickly. And so, then they start creating these behaviors and beliefs and unless you know they do the work they never change and i know they never change because i get women in the club who are in their 40s and 50s and are just doing the work now but that's the good news there's always time to learn yeah definitely and that Mm. i think that is so true like i think back to some of the the money stories that i have carried and still carry to some to some degree like my parents run a business um basically my whole life growing up and there's there was so many um positives that came with that around you know forging your own path and flexibility etc but one of the things that i think i identify with is this this belief or i've carried is this belief that like making money has to be hard as well like it only comes from hard work and so if things aren't don't feel hard yeah. then you're obviously not doing enough or working hard enough because you only make money when it's difficult. And so, I yeah. think it's so interesting what you're saying because until you really start like excavating those stories and digging into those beliefs, yeah. like anything in life, you're just going to keep flying blind, right? Totally. Yeah. And sh- and yeah, shifting that, shifting those feelings in your body as well, reframing it, coming up with new, more empowering beliefs. Like I remember we had one lady and um, during one of our coaching sessions, um, group coaching sessions. And I was like, you know, do you want to buy property? And she's like, oh, I'll never be able to afford a property. And I'm like, why not? She's like, well, I'm a single woman. I'm just like, so expensive. I'm yeah. like, cool. Do you know about the government schemes available? Do you know about, you know, if your parents can guarantee you, you only need X percent. Do you know about, you know, the 5% deposit scheme? Do you know about the way that you don't have to, you know? So she was like, oh, actually, maybe it is possible. So, it's like a a combination of not knowing what you don't know. um, And the great news is there's heaps of people out there who want to help you, uh, but you've got to actually like look into it. But, you know, listening to podcasts like this really help. Um, So, knowing what you don't know and then, yeah, doing that work around, Mm -hmm. resetting those beliefs and 
uh, actually really, because it's the women who really believe they can buy or really believe they can get out of debt or really believe they can invest, you do. Yeah, definitely. What like what part do you think, just tapping into the, you know, I could never afford to buy property piece. I think like my view is that the media as well plays so oh, much into God, the horrid. fear of people, oh, right? Totally. And it's like you see it everywhere, like yeah. homes more difficult to buy than yeah. ever and this long oh, to, you know, get I into was, the market. I was totally like this. Like I could have bought years ago, but I didn't because, mm. you know, I was like, it's the wrong time. I'll pick the wrong suburb, um, interest rates. All this stuff is going on, but actually, you know, you've got to, you know, they, they're just trying to, they're trying to get your attention, obviously. So they're coming up with all these things, but you know, like all investments, it's a long-term game. So it doesn't matter. And it's just so possible. We're doing, I was saying before we went online, we're doing this session uh, program, this brand new program, six weeks. We're getting 20 women who've got their deposits or want to get their deposits together and we're doing their credits check we're getting their pre-approval done we're helping them pick properties um we're working with an awesome buyer's agent um marion mays but like so many of these women are going to have property after this program and they're going to be like oh my god it was actually possible mm. and marion's helped hundreds and hundreds of women in australia buy a property but it's almost like it can be quite daunting when you have to do it by yourself yeah um especially as a as a man you're like god i think i should be supervised should someone be watching what i'm doing um <laughs> but yeah i think the the first thing is just knowing that you can totally do it and tapping into that yeah that is so true it's breaking it's breaking it down which obviously the, the program that you're talking about does yeah. it's like breaking it down into those smaller steps, isn't it? Because when you just look at that big goal of like, oh, I'm going to oh. get a property, you go, oh, I don't even know where to start too hard totally. next. Whereas yeah. if you're part of something like the community that you're talking about and having yeah. someone that's like, no, no, like well, this is literally the first step. All we're yeah. going to do to start with is X. Then we're going to do this yeah. and this and this and we're going to yeah. walk you through. I, it's so much less daunting. Yeah. And then even if you can't, if, even if you don't have enough for a deposit, I, then you can pull a plan together. Okay, I need to make an extra 500 a month and then I'll be in the position to buy in X months or, okay, I need to find how I can make an extra $1,000 every month whether I have to pick up a weekend job. It's, yeah. yeah. And it's amazing how motivated people get and then how they make it happen. Yeah. And that momentum breeds momentum, yeah. doesn't it? Once you start getting oh, some runs on the board or you can see, you know, even something as simple as like making that making the call to your insurer to be like, I want a better deal and then yeah. seeing what you can save out of that and being like, oh, hell yeah, I just saved like 50 bucks a month or Honestly, whatever. That breeds momentum to want totally. to do it more. And that's a note for everyone listening. If you have not negotiated on your bills at least once this year, get on that phone. We're talking insurance, we're talking bills, we're talking phone, everything. Negotiate that and you'll be amazed at actually how much you can save. And that money may as well be in your pocket, not their pocket. Definitely. And what do you think as well around, you know, just tapping back into what you were saying earlier around, I think you said sort of the woman in her 40s and 50s that had that money view around like, I can't, I can't get into property. We know, yeah. we know that, you know, women over 55 in particular are like the fastest growing group yeah. in Australia when it comes to homelessness. And a yeah. lot of that I think it's just around the era that they grew up in and, you know, not having as much superannuation, time out of the workforce. Yeah. Men always dealt with the finances. Yeah, but now well, super didn't exist, exactly. Yeah. Men and dealt with the finances and then you've got these women who've dedicated their lives to raising their families or working and doing it and then they're retiring into poverty and just seeing mm. such a horrendous way that we thank these women for raising the next generation yeah. of Australians. 
Like enjoy your poverty stricken retirement. Like it's shocking. It's crazy to think about and scary as well. And and even, um, you know, this whole piece kind of resonates with me quite deeply at the moment. Um, personally, like even just my, my family navigating some pretty significant like health challenges and, and, and stuff at the moment. And my yeah. mom is, you know, now starting to ask like a lot of questions around financial literacy and yeah. and what does this mean? And, you know, it's just not something she's had to deal with before. No. And it's quite it's quite scary, but also then it brings up all of those mindsets mm-hmm. and kind of those insecurities we were talking yeah. about earlier around like, well, I don't know this and I should know this. And I think in that moment it's easy to then just lean back and kind of step back into into ignorance and and, and avoid it, whereas yeah. she's not doing that. But what are you like what do you see in this space? I assume that you would be working with women of all different ages. Yeah. When when we are when you are sort of dealing with women yeah. that are in those more senior years now, what yeah. do you get them to focus on? I get it. I hate ads too. I just want to remind you though that if your organization needs a hand nurturing and developing its top talent to be self-aware, motivated and capable of driving change, then reach out to me and let's see how we can work together. Now, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm always working with experts and, you know, yeah. I'd say, I always say, like, I think you need to do some one-on-one with a money coach or you need to go see a financial advisor if they've got the funds to do that. Um, but it's starting small, you know. Yeah. You don't have to do these massive big things. It's about, like, okay, understanding what am I spending? Where is my money actually going? Um, where do I want it to go? Does that align with, you know, where I'm at? Doing a bit of financial health check, mm-hmm. listing out, okay, what are my assets? What are my liabilities? And I think around that belief piece as well, you know, I speak to so many women, they're like, oh, I'm so bad with money. I'm like, cool, do you pay your mortgage and rent on time? Yes. Have you paid bills late? Oh, God, no, never. Okay, are you, if you go to the shops and something's on sale, can you work out what that is pretty quickly? Oh, yeah. If you need to get to work and you know you've got X amount of time, are you pretty good at the numbers there? Yeah. Okay. So, you're not bad with numbers. You're not bad with math. You can totally do this. We're just applying it slightly different. And I think with budgeting and spending, people get so overwhelmed by it. But you're just making sure what's coming in is less than what's going out and you get to decide how that works. So, you're in control and people feel very overwhelmed at it. But mm. I was thinking about, think of it as a control thing. You're just telling your money where to go, not being like, where has it gone? And I even do this exercise where just get like a basic and you don't even need to use this Google spreadsheet because some people are like, but I can't use computers if they're of a certain um, age group or they're not comfortable with them. You can get pen and paper. Like it's it's very simple. Yeah. And you can get your bank statements if you do that or if you want to use a budgeting app, or your bank, most banks do it now. They actually show your spending and you just go, okay, what did I spend in this category of uh, entertainment? What did I spend in the um, category of um, health and um, medical? What did I spend in there? So, you just have a category and just update that each month. So, you just, you start small. Um, you don't have to, you know, change, do these dramatic life changes. Yeah. Uh, starting small and doing something kind of like every day, every week. That is very true. And I think even the B word, like the budget word, people associate that so often yeah. with something that is like taking something from me. You know, yes. like, it's, oh, it's, it's going to restrict me. Locking me yes. down instead yeah. of, you know, if we just reframe it into like, it's just a money plan or like you said, yeah. it's just helping you see, yeah. like funneling your money into the places you want it to go, not yeah. to restrict you. 
That is self-empowering. And it's just part of adulting. It's what you have to do as an adult. It's like brushing (laughs) your teeth. So, ladies, head out of the sand, start taking action. You can totally do this. You're smart enough. You actually know what to do. Mm. You just got to set some time aside, do a Money Monday, do a Friday finance, get your girlfriends together on the weekend and just put some time aside and actually do it. And if you have no clue where to start, and my book is a complete guide and it's all it's designed to do it with your girlfriends as well. So you like meet for yeah. cocktails, you work out what the plan is, you meet back again in another month, you talk about what you've done, you do the next actions. So you don't have to do it by yourself. Yeah, fantastic. And we're gonna link the the link to your book in the show notes. Absolutely. So and I love the idea. What I think works so well is this piece around community, yeah. consistency, yeah. and then accountability. Because yeah. it's that, like you said, it's just breaking it down. You do one activity this month, then we're going to come together and see yeah. what we learned. What did you yeah. do? What what have you taken from that? Now yeah. we move to the next part. And then before we know it, the yeah. amount of change you've actually been able to install totally. into that into your life and the rewards totally. that you see from that is huge. I know. And that's the thing because if we said, hey, we're going to um, sort out your budget, we're going to work out your will, you're going to do your insurance, they're also going to get on top of your super. You're like, ew, mm. what? No way. But if it's just like, hey, we're just going to look at how much are you spending this month? Hey, we're just going to look at what insurance do you actually have? Do you have enough? Um, and this is what they are. So, yeah, I think when you break it down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is. Um, I always think if I can do it, the girl used to cry when she had to do a budget. And literally, and I'm like, I was in my 20s. It wasn't like I was 19. <laughs> like anyone could do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think there's so much in there as well around. Sometimes we, and I think back to like my early 20s when I had to start thinking about how, where I wanted my money to go and all these things. It felt, I felt like I was going to have to starve myself of things. Yeah. And I wasn't going to be able to go out on my Friday, Saturday nights anymore. And it was, and so I think the avoidance came from thinking how much I had to sacrifice. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it would be probably unfair to say there's not an element of sacrifice that mm. needs to be put in there sometimes when we've got these big lofty goals yeah. and sometimes it means let's not uber eats four times a week let's yeah, not go totally. out for dinner every night yeah. but, but when we do do something let's actually then make sure that we really enjoy it like if, if you're going to say you're only going to go out for dinner with your girlfriends once a week now yeah. make sure you do something then that you really enjoy and really yeah. fills your cup because sometimes I think we actually end up spending so much money without even thinking about yeah, where mindlessly. it's going and was that actually worth the money that we yeah. spent and then obviously not using like not really living in a cash society anymore yeah. either I think that so easy invisible payments so boom, boom, boom. when you're not yeah. physically handing over cash yeah, it's kind of like it's not magical card. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I think when, like, whenever someone's like, "Oh, okay, I've decided I want to get my money shit together. Where do I start?" I'm always like, "What do you want to do with your money? Where do you want to go?" Like Oprah Winfrey's interviewed the most successful people in the world. She says people, the successful people, get to where they're going because they know where they want to go. But- so, what do you want to do with your money? What's the goal? And you can break it into short, medium, and long term. What do I want to achieve in the next three years? Do I want to buy a house? Do I want to take a year off? Do I want to change careers? What do I want? How much do I need to do that? Um, But getting, yeah, setting yourself goals. And if you're excited by your goals, if they're going to keep you motivated, then that's going to help with everything else because you're not going to want to be getting Uber Eats at four times a week because you're so excited that you're going to get on the property ladder or you're going on your overseas holiday or, uh, you know, you're buying a puppy, whatever whatever those goals are. 
Yeah, 100%. And for me as well, and I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this, like mm. I love your mission around, like basically I want to help make women rich. Yeah. But I was, for me, when I think about rich, it's, for me, it's about the freedom to make, to do what I want to do when I yeah. want to do it. It's, it's not definition necessarily the number itself. So, yeah, yeah. that's what and I was keen to hear your thoughts There's on. no definition, like what my definition of rich is, is going to be different from your definition to mm. what my twins is. Like we're all going to have yeah. very definitions of rich. Rich to me is a lot more around control of my time um, and what, doing what I, yeah. you know, what I want to do when I want to do and not having to report to someone. Um, for rich other, it's for other people, it's, you know, being able to pick up their kids from school each day. For rich, for other people, it's about buying cashmere or buying business class. So everyone, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things. It's, everyone's going to have a different opinion of what their, you know, what, yeah, rich is. Yeah, spot on. Fun fact, I'm a yeah. twin as well. I have Are a twin you? brother. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and you've a got a twin sister. sister, haven't you? Yeah, well, I actually, it's a bit random. So, my everyone who thinks my twin, who is my twin, Bryony, is my older sister. My twin and I are very different. She doesn't do anything online. She's like an amazing, like, negotiator with um, doing trade deals for the government. Like, she's epic, but um, we're so different. <laughs> My brother and I are very different as well. Are you the older twin or the younger twin? I'm the younger by seven minutes, of which I claim all the time. <laughs> I am the older twin by two minutes, of which wow. I claim all yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> Last um, and on what we were saying as well, just for people who are listening, who are like, okay, time to make a change, going to get my goals sorted, put them everywhere. Like mine, if you look mm. at my phone right now, they're on my phone. Um, but also... If you don't have an emergency fund set up, that should be your first goal, setting up emergency money in case of an emergency. And I, what I can assure you from speaking to many, many women, an emergency will happen. Life happens and there's times where you need money, whether it's the tires blowing, whether it's your fur baby getting sick, whether it's you getting sick, you need money there for a rainy day. And that's got to be the priority to start with. And then you can look at those other goals and those fun goals. But when I first set up my emergency fund, I call it my OMG fund because if you have to use it, you know, like, oh my God, something bad's happened. Um, you know, you start small. So I started trying to get to $1,000 and then it's kind of three to six months worth of expenses. By that time I saved that first $1,000, that was like one of the first times I've ever saved money in my whole life. And you just, all of a sudden, what happens is you have this sense of calm because you're like, oh, I've got money there. And, you know, sometimes you're so used to being a certain way, it feels safe. Like for so long, I was like, well, being broke just feels safe because that's what I know. That's what I've always known. That's what it's always felt. That's what I've always felt. But, you know, having this money all of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, I feel calm. If something happens, I don't have to call up my parents. I don't have to borrow money off my best friend. I, I, I've got this, um, which sounds so small. Um, so I would always encourage everyone. So first thing, get clear on your goals, but if you haven't got an emergency fund, start small. If you're like a thousand dollars, how the hell am I going to do that? Start with $10, build it to 20, yeah. 30, put it in a separate bank account, fee free, high interest and don't touch it. Totally. Unless Great advice. To. Great advice. And there's a, a huge empowerment in that as well. Oh, like huge. I call it like my oh shit fund, and, but it's just yeah. the peace of mind of knowing that when the shit does hit the fan one day and it will over something at some point. It does. It always like, does. It's just not uh, 
a stress that you have to worry about. You can instead yeah. be focused on whatever the thing is that's yeah. actually gone wrong and fixing that yeah. instead of the stress of where am I going to get the money to deal with this problem. So, yeah. I think that's that's great advice. And I'm curious to know as well, the so obviously t- we've been speaking a lot around like just knowing your personal finances and why that's so important and your mindset, your beliefs, empowering yeah. yourself, making those small changes. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to just switch gears Um briefly and kind of put it now into the lens of career and leadership yeah. because I work with women all the time as well yeah who will be like I'm just not a numbers person I'm just yeah. like I just I don't do spreadsheets I don't do numbers and yeah. that's such a narrative and a story that they hold and it ends yeah. up presenting a barrier actually for them mm. if they have aspirations of moving into more senior roles yeah inside yeah. an organization where you've got yeah. to have a strong level of financial acumen yeah but I think I hold this narrative where I just don't do numbers. It's just I'm not good at math. And so, that ends up being, well, they think that you've got to be like a fully-fledged financial accountant yeah. in order to be able to understand the story that, that- a P&L statement tells or an yeah. annual report tells. And yeah. so, I'm keen to know like your kind of maybe practical guidance on if someone's holding that narrative of I'm just not yeah. a numbers person, yeah. what are some of the things they might be able to do to also help them in their careers yeah. to get like more comfortable with yeah. with numbers and data? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. Um, first of all, like, again, coming back to that story, where's that story coming from? Is it because you weren't good in math because they were teaching you freaking trigonometry, which when never part of most of us, unless you're an electrician, I don't think anybody ever uses. And so then you used. felt like you were quite dumb at math. Um, you know, where, where, where originally is this coming from? Is this something that society has told you? Um, you know, but I mean, I think a really great place to start is like sit down with someone, get them to explain it to you. I talk to my accountant and I say, pretend I'm an eight-year-old, pretend I'm a child and let's go through my finances with me. And, and what I do is, and when I first started, like, you know, I started my whole company because I was very bad with money. Like I, well, you know, I thought I was very bad with money. Um, and went on this learning journey. Um, and was like, okay, I'm actually not bad with money. I just, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I just mm. need to put a few more things in place, systems in yeah. place. Um, but same with when it came to my business finances, I was like, oh God, business. Ah, what am I going to do? But now I meet with my accountant once a month. Um, I get him to take me through all my finances. I check my bank account every single day. Um, I know where we're at, but I didn't used to. I had to. I had to learn that. Um, when they showed me a PL, I was like, "This is so confusing." And then he explained it to me, and I was like, "This is so simple. This mm-hmm. is so. It's literally just okay. What's the money that came in?" What's the money that went out? Again, yeah. it's like a budget, if you can budget for yourself. But what I do find, which is quite interesting, is I speak to accountants and they'll be managing multi-million dollar budgets, but they won't be doing their own budget. And I'm like, hmm, uh, interesting. Um, so, yeah, I would say just ask, start learning. You can yeah. totally do this. It's actually not as complicated as you think. Um, obviously, if it's a different company, it's big corporate, like obviously it's going to be different, but there's always someone you can go to. Yeah, absolutely. And there's always a starting point. And that's the advice that I always give. And I think your your guidance where I just go and sit down with somebody and ask those questions is perfect. Find somebody that can that can show you. Totally. And just remember every single CFO, um, Warren Buffett, the best investing guru in the world, he started once knowing nothing about this and he Mm. learned it. So how do you get better at it? You learn it. So you know that's But you've got to do the work as well. You can't just magically 
like I find this with like investing and people who want to get rich quick, like it's, Mm. it takes time if it's too fast and you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So start small, but consistent steps make the biggest changes for sure. Awesome. Well, look, I could truly sit here and chat to you all day. I have so many questions, but I, but before I let you go, I know that our listeners will want to find out the best way to learn from you, to keep in touch with you. So what is the, what is the best way for kind of people to keep up to speed with what you're up to? Up to speed. So best way to keep up to speed is we're pretty big on Instagram. We love um, Instagram. So at ladies finance club and also um, our newsletter, which you can sign up to ladiesfinanceclub.com. We're about to start a free investing bootcamp, which is a three-week program and we're running things all the time. We have a side hustle school that we're kicking off a new program with. So there's always lots of fun stuff going on. And yeah, please feel free to connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Molly, for jumping on today and sharing many brilliant nuggets with us. I hope the listeners will go away and think about what are my beliefs, where have they come from, how can I understand them more, and then most importantly, what are the small but consistent steps I can put in place to start helping myself. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am always so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2 and if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love if you would leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this, you can do it, you are doing it, and remember to back yourself and what you have to offer. Hey there, thanks for hanging on and thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I truly love having you with me, but I want to make sure that you know if you're ready to work together exactly how we can do it. The first way is through my game-changing Transform Your Career six-week accelerator program. This six-week online program is for busy professional women who are ready to regain control of their career and leadership once and for all. Go from feeling like just another employee to an in-demand asset in your company. Stop feeling lost, stuck and unmotivated and instead feel confident, worthy of earning more and armed with the tools to go out and get what you want. The Transform Your Career Accelerator cuts the crap and gets right to the key levers that you need to be pulling to ensure you are seen, heard and noticed at work. Add to this an epic group of like-minded women all coming together to share insights, learnings and to build a new network along the way. If this sounds like something you need, then join the waitlist now. The link is in the show notes. The second way you can work with me is through my private one-on-one coaching program, where I only take a very limited number of clients each year by application. My six-month private programs are for you if you know you need tailored coaching and guidance now. You want a container of space and time just for you 
to work through your exclusive and unique goals. You don't want to wait for the waitlist in my other programs because you know you want access to my brain and my experience all to yourself. If this sounds like you, then book a free call in my diary today and let's chat. Lastly, if you want me in your organization to come and share my tried and tested knowledge with your team on how we can all collectively elevate our own leadership and career success, then jump on my website and download the services info pack or grab it from the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening.